What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 61 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope y'all are having a great Wednesday, August 18th, hump day, middle of the week, almost there. Um, shout out to my sister starting her senior year in high school today. Cannot believe uh, how old she and uh, some of her friends are um, and some of the people uh, you know that have also started their senior years man it's it's just pretty ridiculous you know you, you see all these people uh you know that are younger than you uh, grow up around you um and you see them getting older but uh you know you you realize uh after after that that uh you're also getting older you're also the one uh getting old um but shout out to my sister for starting her senior year shout out to everybody else who is starting school today or has started school this week uh, get on your grinds, uh, you know, don't fall too behind, and you will be all right, I promise you. Um, but today, wanted to talk about some Chargers news, wanted to talk some NBA, uh, and without further ado, let's get into it, of course. Coach Staley of the Chargers announced that Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler will all not be playing in any preseason games, uh, this, this, excuse me, that does not really, this doesn't really surprise me when this initially came out. Sean McVay was one of those first coaches uh, that really um, did this in the offseason uh, with the Rams and uh, Brandon Saley coming uh, and sa- stating that uh, he would, be, he would uh, be also be doing this. Um, didn't surprise me, you know, we're, we're trying to protect our guys at the end of the day. Uh, protect Justin Herbert coming off uh, the best rookie quarterback campaign of all time. Protect Keenan Allen, our number one receiver. Austin Eckler, who had a iffy year last year with injuries. Uh, and, of course, DJ Derwin James, a guy who's missed the last two seasons due to injury. Uh, but an absolute uh, havoc win on the field. Uh, but that's a key thing, win on the field. So wanting to keep them healthy, wanting to – Made sure uh, they are good to go because if they're good to go, uh, then you know this entire team is ready to go as well. You know it's it's how you win games in in any professional sport, uh, and that's that's having your star players healthy and uh, ready to go uh, at their fullest capabilities. You know, not playing hurt, not playing injured. Of course, that's going to happen from time to time, but trying to limit that uh, as much as possible. Um, is key in literally any sport. So n- to to uh, you know most people's uh, non-surprise, uh, Brandon Staley did uh, describe. I mean, did describe that he did announce this, um, and uh, of course, uh, this led up to uh, the Chargers' first preseason game. Uh, this took place last Saturday. It was officially uh, the first game. Um, at SoFi Stadium uh, that's had fans. They were technically the away team, however, as they did face off against the Rams uh, in the first um, preseason matchup of the year, first of three for both of these teams. Um, On the Rams side of the ball, a lot of their guys were not playing either, so uh, this game was definitely about, uh, you know, these guys that are, are still trying to earn a roster spot these guys that uh, are trying to, uh, you know, make the cusp of the team, 
uh, play behind some of these stars and, and prove why they deserve that spot. Uh, the Chargers were um, able to jump out to a 3-0 lead after the first quarter. Uh, nice drive by Chase Daniels, uh, but not able to uh, convert on anything. And uh, that was followed with uh, both teams going into the half uh, with the tied score of sits to sits. Uh, you know, not too much action in the second quarter. A lot of, a lot of uh, dropped, um, dropped passes. Um, you know, missed, missed, uh, missed opportunities when, um, you know, when having the opportunity to even score, uh, especially on the Chargers side of the ball. Of course, the Rams did score on a uh, four-yard uh, touchdown pass from Tristan Jackson to Bryce. I mean, from Bryce Perk. Perkins to Tristan Jackson, uh, and that was a missed uh, extra point attempt, uh, but on the Chargers side of the ball, uh, not really able to uh, finish drives the way I'm sure Brandon Staley would like, but like I said, you know, we're, we're giving these guys an opportunity to show uh, what they're made of, you know, not, not too worried about uh, the end score. Of course you want to win, but uh, first and foremost, want to see what these guys can uh, bring to the table when it comes to a real live action um, NFL game and see just how much they can, uh, you know, they, they can bring. But going into the half, it was sits to sits. And uh, coming out of the half, the Chargers were able to run the ball very well uh, behind, um, what's it called? Behind the one yard touchdown run by Darius Bradwell. And this is where Michael Badgley was uh, able to uh, make the extra, uh, extra kick on this one. But uh, Rontree, the third. Able to uh, go for eight carries, 63 yards in this one. Uh, Bradwell did get that ultimate touchdown, but um, this, this, man, this man was running hard. This man was running fast, especially on that fourth, round, on that fourth down play. Uh, the Chargers had it on about the 45-yard line. Fourth and one, turned into a 25, 30-yard gain. Kept the drive going. Another 25-yard run. Set it up on the one-yard line, boom, punched it in. Perfect execution on the running side of the ball, but uh, not much action after that as the Chargers were able to take this one 13-6. Chase Daniel was the leading passer um, of the day for either team. 15 for 24, 104 yards passing, zero touchdowns, zero pits. Um, Easton Stick also got some action in this one, 7 for 7. 63 yards, zero touchdowns, zero pits as well. Um, receiving, Josh Palmer was the leading receiver for the Chargers. Our third-round pick was looking nice. Went to him early, went to him often early, um, and he did not disappoint. Uh, catching basically everything that went his way. Uh, it's, he, he did have seven targets. Uh, the one target that he dropped uh, was, I mean, I don't know. It was kind of a catchable, within catchable ball, but... Uh, I mean, still six for seven in terms of targets to catches, uh, but not not too many deep routes. A uh, lot of lot of intermediate routes. A lot of uh, you know working his defender, getting open, and and getting those uh, key little chunts uh, that that are key on drives and uh, really keep the drives uh, more uh, moving um, in terms of you know you know when you when you need those little plays. You know, it's all, it's not always going to be that fifty yard pass that. Uh, you know, is a huge touchdown, gets the crowd going. It's, it's those key, uh, you know, little plays here and there 
Um, and it was nice seeing Josh Palmer really lead this receiving group uh, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams not playing uh, and, and really, uh, you know, take that on his own and, and realize that, you know, he is the leader today, especially for this first preseason game. And uh, you could see early on exactly uh, why we took him for that third over. I mean, not third overall, third round draft pitch. So it was nice to see uh, Josh Palmer um, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Neiman, seven total tackles, led the team. Um, this this uh, linebacker duo of uh, Kenneth Murray and Drew Trample looking great in that first couple of drives. Uh, but, I mean, the defensive side of the ball, Rump the second, White Gilman, um, even Asante Samuel, man. This, our second round, second round draft pick, Asante Samuel, with some very, very nice tackling. Uh, just, I mean, technique-wise, simply laying the offensive guy on the ground, uh, not letting him get any momentum going forward, and, and really just pulling out the hit stitch <coughs> nice to see him getting some action um and and really uh utilizing some of these reps in the preseason but overall i know it was just 13 to sits but uh some key takeaways from this one were, were i just loved the way the team played i loved the way the team battled uh in this one i really appreciated uh the effort all around uh brandon staley um, and, and his and his coaches, man, they they definitely had the boys ready. Uh, of course, there were there were some minor things, like I said, finishing drives out, uh, you know, getting more points on that board. Uh, but ultimately, the defense sits points allowed total. Um, definitely tackling very well. You know, that was a huge. That was that was another problem besides special teams last year is is not finishing out those tackles, not uh, you know allowing. Uh, guys to to break you off shed you off and and go for those extra five six seven yards you know those are those are key especially third down situations or uh you know getting you know that's the difference between a, a second and ten and uh you know a second and seven a second and six you know those those uh those little plays that here and there uh go a long way it, it seemed like the team was just amped on the defensive side of the ball and I, of course I, I i have to credit that to to coach staley i mean I, I can't remember the last time the Chargers have really had a defensive-minded head coach. Um, you know, you go down the list of, uh, you know, I know Marty Schottenheimer probably was the closest to it, but then, you know, after that you got Norv, offensive coordinator. You got Mike, uh, Mike McCoy, offensive coordinator. Anthony Lynn, a running back coach, offensive coordinator. So Brandon Staley definitely, uh, you know, bringing that energy to the defensive side. And I, I think that it's, it's going to be – uh, a nice change of pace for this Chargers team. Um, you know, of course, in years past, this defense has has definitely, um, you know, played up to a standard that that is as good. Um, but the offense has definitely always been the the highlight. I want I want to say for the this Chargers team um, in many years past. Uh, but there was just something different um, from that defensive side in this game. Uh, they, they were passionate. You could tell every tackle meant a lot, every play, every rep. Uh, they were just happy to be out there. They were happy to be hitting somebody, uh, happy to be, you know, just, you know, playing the game they love. And it was, it was good to see. It was a nice change of pace. 
uh, from baseball and basketball. I, I haven't really seen, uh, you know, or watched a football game in a while, and it was it was just a lot of fun, man. Um, and of course, the number one overall draft hit for the Chargers, number 13 overall, Rashawn Slater in his debut, 12 pass blocking snaps, an 86.0 PFF passing grade, zero pressures allowed. Great for the rookie in his debut. Um, unfortunately, he did have to uh, be sidelined this week uh, during practice due to some uh, bad tightness, but nothing major. Coach Slater did, uh, I mean, Coach Staley, not Coach Slater, Coach uh, Staley did come out and say that he should be good uh, for the Niners game uh, this Sunday, but wanted to be uh, cautious. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, such that there weren't, um, there wasn't a Mike, Mike Will in there. Um, of course, this is a guy who, who uh, definitely is in, a, is in an interesting, uh, you know, type of year here. I, I really, unfortunately, I, I don't know if the Chargers are going to, you know, sign him to a long-term deal. I, I could see it truly going either way, uh, you know, especially with the addition of Josh Palmer um, and some of these other, other guys, uh, I think it's really going to matter on, on how this offense works this year. If, if we are able to see production from these guys that are, are, uh, lower on the depth chart, um, in order to really analyze the Mike Williams situation, I, I truly, uh, supported the decision to give him that $15.7 million for his last year on his rookie contract, uh, because I mean, as you know, a lot of a lot of people can tell, uh, Mike Williams, when healthy, uh, when when on the field, makes an very big impacts to this Chargers team. 50-50 balls turn into 80-20, 90-10 balls, really. But of course, his health and uh, you know, staying on the field has always been uh, the issue. It seems like when it comes to Mike Williams. Um, but uh, like I said. There have been uh, some rumors going around that they're not expected to le reach the long-term um, extension. Um, like I said, I, I feel like this this definitely plays a part uh, with injuries uh, and, and you know trying to uh, make sure this man can stay healthy for a full season. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know this uh, this this uh, you know salary cap. Uh, is Israel and um, in terms of the Chargers going into uh, the 20 I guess the 2022 offseason uh, they are set up in the number seven position uh, in terms of salary cap and, and having um, and having enough space to re-sign him um, but I really think that it, it comes down to if he produces in a big way this year I believe the the chemistry with Justin Herbert is definitely going to be um, you know key I, I know that they they've built a great rapport you've seen some of these deep balls these long balls that uh just just look so easy to make from mike williams like so effortless uh and and you can definitely uh you know tell that a guy like justin herbert a guy that likes to go deep you know probably wants a guy like mike williams on his team so um i've always been a fan of mike will do not get me wrong um but it's gonna just come down to his production straight out. Uh, you know, there's there's gonna there's gonna be plenty of, of times this year where um, he's gonna be given opportunities on opportunities to make plays. I think, and it's it's really gonna come down to whether or not he can stay on the fields, whether or not 
he can make those plays that we've seen him made plenty of times and also just how those other receivers do and um you know balancing everything out and, and really just seeing our roster as a whole on display instead of uh simply you know focusing on this one guy but definitely need to get this man the ball more uh definitely need to uh you know see mike williams at his full potential i feel like we've seen bits and and pieces throughout the years uh but unfortunately uh we've never really been able to uh see him at his full potential uh whether that's because of um you know him being out uh just different decisions that are made uh in the course of a game but it's you know no it's 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 definitely a, a you know a, a prove yourself year for for this guy um and mike williams and and really uh really making sure uh that this is the right move financially for the team i i really have believed since this man has been on our team that he is the number two in this league especially on the chargers um he is that deep ball threat that you want on your team um i mean this man literally had 85 targets last year you know that's that's you know pretty good numbers um but he's just one of those guys that you have to find consistently even more than that you know you gotta you gotta you gotta find more he's gonna get open regardless so physical i mean the deep balls like i said are, are just alone i feel like that's a reason why you gotta keep a guy like mike williams around but um this receiving core man one of the deepest in the lead and that's not even you know being biased by any means it's just it's just a fact you know josh palmer like i said looking good in his first uh first preseason game uh kj hill the seventh round pick of a couple years ago um definitely uh looking to make a, an immediate impact uh right away and then of course you know you got you got jared cook coming over from the saints a guy who uh has been in joe lombardi's system and understands the you know his role already uh definitely a veteran presence uh in that tight end room um but just in the locker room uh in general um for for a younger team uh for you know a quarterback like justin herbert and uh you know a guy that has proven that he can do it a, a guy that has proven uh you know he can compete at this level but having a veteran presence like jared cook there uh, rapport has been great so far at camp from, uh, you know, some of the media I've heard and some of the people that have been there. Uh, so that's good to hear. I feel like the Chargers and, and their tight ends are always there, always good to go. So um, definitely looking forward to see what, what Jared Cook has to offer this year. And, of course, you cannot ever forget about the man, Keenan Allen. I do not in any way think that this, this man's numbers, uh, targets – stats anything will be compromised this season uh in this new offense i mean he's he's literally the best at at what he does one of the best uh in the game by far um you know it just just the his ability to to get off the line and in so many unique ways and and be able to break defenders off uh with with each of his uh you know various techniques um going from zero to 100 to 60 and then to 100 again like this man's ability to to really beat you in multiple ways uh and create space for himself 
that only allows himself more opportunities and his teammates using him as decoy, using him, um, you know, to, you know, attract more defenders, to allow a play to happen on the other side. Uh, I mean, his, his IQ, explosiveness, uh, literally the leverage that he seems to have on defenders at all time. I, I just, I mean, there's there's not a lot of other receivers that can do that in this league. And uh, I do not expect in any way, shape, or form uh, to um, to see Keenan Allen's numbers drop, uh, bearing an injury, you know, knocked on wood for that. So, uh, I mean, this receiving core, including the tight ends and then, adding Austin Eckler to that as well. One of the best pass catching running bats in the lead. Uh, you know, it definitely, um, you know, on paper sounds tremendous. It really does. The pass game, the passing game is going to be on there on point. Um, you know, the, uh, running back play, um, you know, it will, it will be there. Uh, Joshua Kelly going into his second year, uh, you got Justin Jackson in his fourth. Austin Eckler ready to prove himself again this year. Um, you know, fighting adversity last year through an injury, and and uh, you know, really having uh, the diversity and being able to pass the ball. I mean, pass catch the ball, being able to run the ball hard through the tackles and on the outside. Um, you know, definitely just different styles. Um, in his game that allows him to be put in more opportunities and be able to uh, really, um, you know, have to, uh, you know, have to, he really creates a, uh, he creates a conflict when coaches think about taking this man out because of how diverse he is with his game and how many things he can truly do on the field. So, uh, man, oh man, oh man! I am I'm very, very excited for this team. And uh, this first game was was definitely a nice little a nice little uh, warm up. Like I said, I love the way the defense was coming to the ball, pursuing the ball, tackling the ball, finishing plays. I love the way the offense uh, was um, you know moving the ball. Um, but of course, like I said, you know little tight little tight squeaks here and there. Um, there 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 should be three touchdowns in this game total. Um, from the Chargers at least. So definitely looking forward uh, to the game this Sunday. I will be there. Go Chargers. Uh, my girlfriend's a 49er fan, so I'm very excited for this one. I'm very excited to uh, be able to go to our first game, our first football game together. Of course, last year we weren't able to go to any games uh, with COVID. So definitely looking forward to that. But um, on the top 100, um, onto the top 100 list, of course, if you've never heard of the top 100 list, uh, every year the NFL asks uh, the players to um, vote on a top 100 list, um, and basically they literally just have like a, it's like literally a TV show, um, and they go through each of the players uh, based on these rankings that the guys uh, had and what what they've been able to get from the players across the league. Um, and then they somehow come up with a way to list them all uh, 100 to 1, and they go in order starting at 100 and working its way gradually down to that number one spot. Uh, 100 through 40 were announced on Sunday, um, and that saw three Chargers get announced uh, within the top 60 as uh, the best center in the lead, Corey Lindsey, a guy who just signed the biggest center contract of all time, 
Uh, came in at number 60, a guy who has led the Green Bay Packers offensive line for, for quite some time now. Uh, been the uh, go-to guy for Aaron Rodgers with pass protection and, and really ensuring that uh, everybody's good and on the same page on that line. Coming over from Green Bay, working with a guy like Aaron Rodgers and now leading this uh, offensive line of the Chargers. Uh, this new constructed offensive line of the Chargers, um, you know, with some young guys uh, like Rashawn Slater in the midst, but also some other guys that, uh, you know, able able to pick up from other teams uh, during this free agency run of literally offensive linemen uh, as the first uh, priority and forefront for the team. Um, so definitely excited uh, for Corey Lindsay to get some action and, and see what uh, his impact on this team is. Coming in at number 56, none other than Justin Herbert's um, number, you know, the best, like I said, the best rookie season of all time for a quarterback's point of view. Um, you know, this guy continued to impress last year time and time again. Uh, it did not matter uh, what, the, what the task was. Going up against the Chiefs with 15 seconds to prepare, came out slinging. Going up against Tom Brady literally the next week, came out slinging with all the pressure in his face. Um, you know, this man proved time and time again that no matter what you throw at him, no matter how many defenders you are in his face, he's going to throw the ball. He's not scared to do so, um, and he's not scared uh, to you know, continue to do so even if he made a mistake, even if he got sapped on the last play, even if he uh, you know, threw a pick, got a fumble, whatever the case may be, uh, he definitely was able to show the entire league why he was sought out after by the Chargers at such a high, you know, at, at such a uh, high respect um, and also able to uh, prove why uh, he was, um, I believe, the third, the third quarterback taken, or was it the second? Either the second or third quarterback taken in this draft. Um, but a man, oh man, I am so excited for Justin Herbert's sophomore campaign. Uh, he's definitely uh, learned a lot, I'm sure, uh, through his first season and being able to have a full off season now with a training camp. Uh, it's weird because he won't be playing in any preseason games probably ever unless something happens uh, in the next, you know, seasons. But um, for him to now experience a full training camp, full mini camp, uh, be able to go through the preseason, see everybody working, be that leader now, be that captain of this team, and now coming in at number 56. Uh, very, very excited uh, for this sophomore campaign for Justin. And um, I, I really think that uh, he'll be able to, um, you know, continue to show why he – uh, you know, made the strides he did in year one and only is going to get better from here. Um, and of course, number three on the one on the uh, top 100, uh, 100 to 40 was Keenan Allen at number 55. Uh, very uh, low, in my opinion, should have been much higher. But uh, like I said, one of the best receivers in the lead to do it at the moment. Uh, one of those guys that continue to prove night in and night out why uh, they are the best at what they do, why they are, uh, you know, considered at that level that they are at. Um, you know, his breaks, his stop and go, his ability to just catch the ball, um, you know, in, in traffic, in daylight, whatever it may be. You know, this man has it all. This man has all the weapons, all the tools in his back pocket. And, 
he's a pleasure to watch every Sunday. Um, and I'm very, very glad he's on my team and not the other. So Keenan Allen coming at number 55. Uh, and those are the three Chargers on the top 100 so far. Uh, we'll see if uh, we'll see if any of these other Chargers come in on there. Maybe maybe Joey Bosa. Uh, but I mean, we'll see. These these uh, you gotta realize these top 100s are are always pretty biased towards the guys that are most popular in the league. And um, you know, regardless of if they actually played in the last season or or not, but it's always nice to see the recognition uh, from uh, this uh, as it is just from the players of the league. Um, so that's good. Uh, but moving on into some um, to some NFL news in general, Tim Tebow, the Jaguars' newest tight end, actually got released today um, as he tweeted out, thankful for the highs and the lows, uh, the opportunities, the setbacks. I've never wanted to make decisions out of the fear of failure, and I'm grateful for the chance to have pursued a dream. Uh, this, uh, you know, came after uh, Adam Schefter, and the Jadwares announced that uh, they had cut him, Urban Meyer, uh, taking some Q&As with reporters after this. Uh, and he uh, stated, it's tough. We knew it was be an uphill battle with, for Tim, but the players loved him. The locker room loved him. And it was the right thing to do. Uh, when asked if it was the end of the road for Tim in the NFL, professional, is this the end of the road for Tim in the NFL? And he said, I would guess it is. We didn't get that deep with it. Obviously, he's his own man, elite warrior, elite competitor, but he's also 34 years old. Um, and the last question, how do you think he, got, he took it? Great. We talked last night, talked again this morning, as I did with the other guys. So Tim Tebow, officially not a Jaguar anymore, officially not a tight end. Um, I, I, you know, especially when those videos had surfaced uh, with some of the blots that were happening um, in that first preseason game. Um, it's, it's not to discredit the man. It's not to discredit, uh, the, you know, the fight to, to try to make it happen. But, uh, it looked like, like Urban Meyer said, an uphill battle for him. Uh, a lot of, uh, stuff to learn, especially, uh, first and foremost, not having played football in, in such a long time, that alone, um, of course, I'm sure was, was a transition coming from the minor, the minor league baseball that he'd been playing for, I, I want to say close, I mean, at least a few years, man. Um, you know, coming from that, that's like his last sort of, you know, physical activity sporting wise, hasn't played football in a long time. And on top of that, he's never played the position of tight end. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough, but uh, to... Um, you know, at least say he tried it, to at least say he gave it his all. You got to respect it. Um, but like I said, learning curve got to be hard, especially when you're playing at the highest level in the NFL um, that he was at. Uh, but some other news in waiver and, and, and waves. Uh, the 49ers actually waived quarterback Josh Rosen. Uh, this man has now played officially for four NFL teams since Arizona initially drafted him in that first round of 2018. Uh, they waived him to uh, claim Devontae Harris off of waivers from the Baltimore Ra Ravens, a cornerback. So Josh Rosen continues to stay on the move, continues to try to find the right fit after uh, the Cardinals did take them with that first round pick and, uh, you know, stated that it was his team, that it was, uh, you know, his, uh, his organization. But unfortunately, that is not looking like the case anymore. Um, as he continues to stay on the move, but hopefully he's able to find a right spot. Um, in some, in some uh, contract news, the Seahawks have officially agreed to a four-year extension with Jamal Adams. 
That will make him the NFL's highest paid safety uh, with a deal that has a maximum value of $72 million. So this man has the potential to make $18 million. Uh, and much, much to his credit, man, when he is on the field, uh, whatever team he's playing for is, is simply that much better. Uh, the the impacts that he has not only on the field but in the locker room in this community is 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 great. Um, this this man's definitely uh, still you know so young has so much growing and so much potential to possibly be one of the best safeties of all time. Um, and I'm sure that he's very happy uh, to have gotten this done as he did report back to Seattle today um, to finally uh, start with his off-season uh, training camp uh, with the team and, and get things underway. Um, so glad that that's taken care of. He'd finally move on from that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's all the NFL news I have for today. Moving on into some NBA news. Of course, my Los Angeles Lakers talked about – talked a lot about their free agent moves in our last episode and really uh you know analyzed the team and the roster that they've been able to put together thus far through free agency um and you know what rob palinka and and the moves he's been able to do uh so far but uh with those final few um draft spots uh i mean not draft spots with those final few roster spots they have officially um worked out isaiah thomas Darren Collison and Mike James uh, in search of the that depth in those in those final spots. Um, this actually came after uh, Isaiah Thomas was concluding a workout personally with uh, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. So, it to the Lakers, it's it's looking a lot more promising than it ever did uh, prior to a few weeks ago. But we'll see. You know, there's still. A couple more summer league games. Who knows who will be signed from that roster, um, making the making the actual team. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how that that all plays out. Um, but the NBA uh, officially today announced the opening day schedule and the Christmas day schedule. Opening nights will feature the reigning champions, the Brooklyn Nets. And the team that they beat in the Eastern Conference semis on Kevin Durant's big toe being on the line, the Butts, the Nets and Butts. And this will be followed by the Warriors, Steph Curry and his company back in check versus LeBron James and the Lakers. Two great, uh, great matchups on hand could potentially uh, be huge series uh, in the playoffs in the postseason this year. Um, definitely in line for a great opening night. And then Christmas Day schedule, you got Trey Young going back to Madison Square Garden, Darden, Madison Square Garden in New York to face the Knicks. And then you got the Celtics coming to, uh, coming to uh, what's it called, Brooklyn to face the Nets as well, um, followed by the Warriors facing off against the Suns and uh, Devin Booker in company. The Nets uh, facing off against the Lakers uh, in L.A., a potential, uh, a potential preview of the NBA Finals. Um, and then the last game of the night, the Mavs going to Utah to face the Jazz. But, of course, the big matchup that everybody seems to be circling and looking forward to is, of course, this Nets-Lakers matchup. The last time that Kevin Durant and LeBron James faced off in a regular season game or a playoff game was Christmas Day of 2018. 
a very, very long time in between these battles, man. And the squads that they have assembled for this moment is very, very um, key to the development of this rivalry. They literally have completely new teams when they last faced off. Of course, this being when LeBron was on the Cavs, Kevin Durant was on the Warriors. Um, you know, both teams hungry to make a statement, especially on the national um, limelight that Christmas Day games do have for the NBA. Um, but very, very excited for these games. Very excited to see how it all plays out. Um, but, you know, moving on into some contract news. Um, of course, the uh, 76ers joined uh, some of these other teams that, uh, that have rewarded their superstars this offseason. And that was with Joel Embiid as he finalized a four-year, $196 million super, super mats extension through the 2026-2027 season. Uh, this deal included a player option in the final season. And, um, I mean, man, oh, man, trust the process. Uh, finally, um, you know, getting paid his, I believe this is his third contract now. I know he got extended once this much. So his third contract, um, I'm sure uh, Philadelphia fans are happy about this one, especially with all the trade rumors with Ben Simmons and all that controversy re evolving, revolving around that. Uh, I'm sure it was nice to get some good news. Nice to, uh, you know, nice to at least, uh, you know, under or at least know that they have one of their superstars, uh, you know, in contract until that 2026-2027 season. Um, but the Celtics, another team who made a uh, bid move, and that was Marcus Smart signing a four-year, $77 million deal. Uh, this new deal will begin in the 2022-2023 season, and it has no player option as it secures him um, 90 at $90 million plus through 2025 and 2026. Uh, Josh Hart able to close a three-year, $38 million deal to stay with the Pelicans. Uh, and then Todd Gibson, um, initially signing a one-year deal with the Knits, has now agreed on a new two-year, $10.1 million deal. Uh, so some moves being made, uh, some more signings. Of course, some of these bid-name signings, bid-name stars have uh, already been um, signed and secured. Uh, for this upcoming season, but still some moves being made and some schedules being announced. So very excited. The NBA season's, you know, kind of a little bit on the back burner um, with NFL coming and uh, baseball wrapping up almost October. But still good to hear uh, some of these upcoming news and uh, upcoming um, upcoming games, especially these Christmas game matchups. Are you kidding me? Opening night will be great. Uh, this season, man, is it's just going to be a lot of fun. I already know it's um, a lot of storylines, a lot of potential matchups that can happen in these playoffs, in these postseason, um, and I'm very, very excited for it. So without further ado, that's all I got for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Geno Spirito Podcast, and I'll catch you all very soon. Thank you so much.